We all may be familiar with what month the world is proclaiming this month of June to be. And I thought it'd be appropriate considering that to take a look at this viral clip that is all over the internet right now regarding what love is, this whole idea of inclusivity in the world, and what the biblical stance is supposed to be, what those who consider themselves Christians or believers in Jesus are supposed to be what stands are supposed to be taking in light of all of this. I have not actually watched this clip, so this is going to be my first impression along with yours, and I'm going to be giving my thoughts as we go along. So let's dive right in. It's not about love being loved. This is about marriage, the sacrament of holy matrimony. It is directly connected to love, but it's not the definition of love. Too many people utter those words and confuse the meaning of love. Agape, the biblical context of love, is a divine love. It's a sacrificial love. It's not lustful. People often conflate sex with love. It's very disingenuous. We've heard quite a bit of that. But then, of course, atheists often pirate the words, God is love. And we've heard that one tonight, too. Again, without any understanding. Yes, God is love. But he sets the terms, not us. Another one we've heard plenty of is inclusivity. Should the church be more inclusive? Again, it's a play of words. It's, it's virtue signaling. It's to appear good rather than to be good. The church should absolutely be inclusive. Christ spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes, but it is they who went away changed, not Christ. Oh, I love that. You know, and I think that what we are starting out with here is something really important is that the definition of words are being attacked today. What is truly love? What is true inclusivity, biblically speaking? Because those words are now being taken and hijacked to really mean something completely different. The only one who's allowed to define what love is is the creator of heaven and earth. The only one who's there to define what true inclusivity is, is the creator of heaven and earth. And it's not what the world is telling us it is. True love is what Yeshua, what Jesus did, is to lay his life down for us to die, to lay down his life, not to gain it, right? Not to to lay down your own desires, lay down what you think, lay down what you want, and even lay down what you think is good for you for the truth of what God says you are and what is good for you. And true inclusivity for that matter, in the same manner, is Yes, we ought to love other people, love our neighbor, love people no matter what they believe. But ultimately, they have to then be in a place where convicted to change, convicted to repent, to turn from their sins. And as I, I love how we say that Christ walked away and they were the ones who ought to have changed. He was not the one who changed for them. They changed for him. And that's what it means to be a believer, to change for God. We are fallen, therefore we are all sinners. The church is open to sinners, of course it is, that's the purpose of the church. But it should not be to encourage people to continue to sin. Our duty as clerics is to help lead people to Christ, to lead them away from sin, not to embrace it, not to affirm it. I know many LGB people, I know many LGB people who live lives in Christ. They abstain from sexual gratification to be closer to God, and it's not easy, it really isn't. It's perhaps not fair, but it is right and it is good. And these people are being let down 
I've had people crying, saying, I could have got married, but I did what the church taught me was right. And now the church is saying they were wrong all along. You know, what's interesting is that when you think about uh, the struggles of humanity in following God, right? If you want to be a, a someone who follows Jesus, there are there are immense struggles that will be on that road that you will face. You will have to give up things and we each have things that we will have to give up that are very different from one another because of our struggles that will be different. Uh, one man will struggle deeply with pornography and 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 desires towards women who are not his wife and other another man may struggle with desires towards other men. Right. And both of those are desires that the Bible does condemn. And ultimately, both of those are equally in this in the same level of sin that is of sexual immorality if they act on those desires. Right. So we have to recognize that this is comes with it. Is it fair? It's not it's this conversation has never been whether what is fair. What is not fair is that Yeshua had to die for me and you. And I was the one who was supposed to be there. You know, what's unfair is the fact that I'm not supposed to ever be able to face, be able to see the face of God considering my fallenness and sin. But yet he made a way for me to be able to do so. That's what's not fair. So when it comes to our lives, man, let's just live and surrender and give up whatever is needed. And if that is to the ability even to marry, whether it's the gender that you want or whatever gender it is, it doesn't matter if it's my me and my wife. We told each other, we said we before we met, we said to God, God, if if you don't want me to marry any wife and she said, if you don't want me to marry any man, if you want me to be single, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. That's what it means to follow Christ. No matter what, we're willing to make that sacrifice. I've wasted my life as Christians were called to be in the world, but not of the world. The trap that we're falling into in this debate is looking at the church through the eyes of the world rather than through his kingdom. In the secular world, we already have equality in law. People can enter civil partnerships or even gay marriage outside of the church, and that's their prerogative. However, the faith is inherently discriminatory. God is discriminatory. He sets conditions on us entering his heavenly kingdom. It is not a free for all. We must turn away from sin, repent and follow Christ. And I want to specify it is the sin that is the problem, not the sinner. Every single person is loved by God and God forgives all of us of our depravity. But we have to turn away from our sins and turn toward him. And it seems the panel opposite me has forgotten to separate the sin from the sinner. One can denounce sin while still welcoming the sinner. So as I wrap up, my message to the proposing side is do not lead us astray. Do not lead people astray. Do not be the wolves in sheep's clothing. Do not be the false teachers that the Bible warns us about. Remember your obligation to defend the faith. Stop teaching about diversity, inclusion and equality and get back to teaching about redemption and salvation. This is spiritual neglect. Help people by telling them the truth. Be kind to people by supporting them through those struggles and reminding them that Christ suffers with them. And be compassionate by leading them to Christ when the world tries to lead them away from him. The church is imploding and the faithful masses have stopped turning up on Sundays and we are seeing the most rapid decline of Christianity in this country that we may have ever seen. Do not accelerate it with heresy. You do not have the authority to bless sin. 
when I hear the Bishop of London on record saying these new prayers will mean priests can bless same-sex relationships, some of which may be sexual in nature, I hear the devil at work. Bishops are promoting the idea of sacramental sodomy. Let them be anathema. Repent. And to the rest of you, I have no doubt that some of you will consider me a bigot or a transphobe or a homophobe, but I am neither of those things, none of those things. I am simply a follower of Christ, a Christian. And we are naturally countercultural. And if so-called liberals were truly diverse and tolerant, they would embrace us just as they embrace everyone else. The, the problem is, is that he's right in that people are, many people are leaving many certain denominations and members are leaving in droves. And as that is happening, a lot of it is happening because of this whole issue that is being discussed. And the question is, is if we are compromising the faith of what is right and what is wrong in order to allow certain people to enter into the fellowship because we're we're reacting to the fact that we're losing members we're losing members we need to do something to get the world inside the doors of the church and so then what we what we do is we compromise to make everyone feel more inclusive and welcome but in that what we're really doing is we are welcoming people who aren't devout we're welcoming people who by the nature of our welcome to them are not all called to surrender, are not called to give anything that is hard to give up up. And therefore, is there really much for them to stick around for if their devotion from the beginning was lacking? See, the true devotion of true believers comes about because of their surrender, because they've been willing to give things up in the first century. If you wanted to be a believer, you risked losing your head because you were persecuted and people were killed for it in America. And in the West, because this reality is not there, praise the Lord, there is that protection. However, it does mean that we have now compromised to the level of tickling ears so that people can come in through what we now call inclusivity by the world's definition. And we're really raising up a generation of believers who aren't really believers at all because they don't believe in the Bible. They believe in a version of man-made Christianity and religion that's been proposed to them to make them feel welcome in their own flesh. And by the end of it all, those churches and fellowships who allow this to continue and who institute these policies will be the ones left with no more members. Their churches will be the ones who fall apart. It is like Gamaliel said, if this is from God, it will prosper. But if it is not, it will fall apart. And the, not right now, I'm just wrapping up. And the point has been made, but the growing Christophobic attitude around this public debate and the ugly level of, of hypocrisy is that we really see people hold Muslims and people of other faiths to the same expectations that they hold Christians to. Who is calling, except my good friend here, for Islam to embrace gay marriage? Who is calling for the Quran to be updated to modern societal norms? It is the same, mind your language, it is the same patronizing attitude of people of other, that treat other faiths, patronize other faiths while being intolerant towards Christians at the same time. It's a shame, but in the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria, if the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. Wow. Amen to that. If the world is against the truth, I'm against the world.
And that is where I stand. We have to stand up for what is true. We have to stand up for what is holy. And we have to recognize that it is not, dear brothers and sisters, it is not going to be through compromise. It is going to be through the preaching of the true gospel again, that people become saved, that they receive new lives or change from the inside out. Nothing else will satisfy you but having a taste of the living waters of Christ who can cleanse us from all iniquity, satisfy us completely. And so the world promises you that when you go through this or that thing and you take this or that thing that they are proposing, that that is what's going to satisfy you. That's what's going to make you happy. That's what's going to make you joyful. That's what's going to make you feel fulfilled. That's what's going to make you feel arrived and and not feel as suicidal as you have been. No, no, no. The answer is the same as it has always been. Just as he told that Samaritan woman at the well, drink of me and you will be satisfied. You you've been running from man to man to man, and none of that has been able to satisfy you. I tell you, run to me and you will be satisfied once and for all. We were made to know him, made to have a relationship with him, made to drink of him. And that's the only thing that that will satisfy us. Hey guys, if this video has blessed you, please share it. This is an important conversation to have in these times. And I can't wait to see you in the next one. Shalom.